you can know that you know. Isn't it great that we can know that we know Jesus? We don't have to hope so. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to see if we have a relationship to Jesus. We can have that relationship right now, and we can know for a fact that we have that relationship with Christ. Hello, and welcome to the Portland General Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. The coronavirus pandemic has isolated many individuals and families from the rest of the church. Fellowship has been difficult for many of us as we try to prevent spreading infection. There is something profound to be said about fellowship with God and other believers, so join us today as Brother Larry Treadway continues the sermon series entitled Family Fellowship. All right, welcome back to Portland General Baptist uh, Sunday morning sermon. Uh, this will be the one I'm preaching on June the 26th. Uh, been in the middle of a series from 1 John, and I've entitled Family Fellowship, about having fellowship with God and with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I've always emphasized every week the importance of knowing that you can have a relationship without fellowship. Fellowship is that closeness, uniqueness, and intimacy that we have with each other and that we should have with God through Jesus Christ. Now, our theme verse has been in 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, where it says, And these things write we unto you that your joy, J-O-Y, may be full. Joy is that internal feeling that is not... Uh, Taken is not controlled by externals. In other words, it's that inner peace and satisfaction that God puts inside of us. He said, in order for our joy to be full or complete, we need to look at the things that I'm writing, which we will. John explains fellowship, the closeness and uniqueness that we have with God and each other throughout his writing. And um, week number one, I looked at fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and with what he referred to as little children, which is a believer's. Then week number two, I looked at maintaining fellowship by walking in the light and staying away from the darkness. But yet every once in a while we fall back into darkness, which is representing of sin. And when we do, we, have a, we go to God, confess our sins, and he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then week number three, last week, I looked at how our fellowship is maintained through Christ being our advocate or our defense attorney in our defense. And today, uh, we want to look at the idea of three tests or exams, that we ne- examinations we need to do ourselves in order to see how our fellowship with. These are three tests of fellowship from 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse number 3. Now, we're going to see, first of all, the test of obedience and how we do there. And then secondly, we'll see the test of Jesus' example, see how well we're following his example. And then test number three is the test of love. And let me begin by reading our passage, but before we do, I want to have just a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we read the scripture today, we ask that you will bless the explanation of your scripture to your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. I hope you got your Bibles out. This is a way that it reads. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we can keep his commandments. He has said, I know him, and keepeth not his commandment, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verify is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. 
Now he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you've heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that says he's in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now today many people are consumed with the fact that no one can tell me what I have to do. Uh, it starts out as children, even before they're able to talk. Uh, you'll tell a child something, don't touch that, and they'll look at you with a smile on their face and reach out and touch that. Why? They don't, well, you can't tell them what they do. They built with that internal instinct of having their own way, even as a child. We grow a little bit more and we say you can't tell me what to do you can't tell me where to go you can't tell me what to to believe uh, you can't tell me I need to shut my business down in order to stop a spread of a virus you can't tell me to wear a mask in order to protect those around me that I'm supposed to love and have responsible for as children of God you just can't tell me what I've got to do I'm going to make my own decision that's a human trait but here we're going to take three test of what God tells us we need to do in order to maintain a healthy fellowship with him. The first test is the test of obedience in verses 3 through 5. He says, we know him if we keep his commandment. How can we know that we know him? Uh, are we sure the fact that we know Jesus Christ? Over the years, popular answers when I ask people that are, well, I hope so, or uh, I'm trying my best. Uh, they're not sure of their relationship to God. You've got to be sure of your relationship to God before you can be sure of your fellowship with God. So we advance to the end of the letter, which is going to be covered in more detail a few months from now. But in the very last chapter of 1 John, chapter 5, Beginning in verse number 11, he writes this. This is the record that God has given to us eternal life and that life is in his son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. These things written, I've written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. You see, verse number 13 says, you can know that you know. Isn't it great that we can know that we know Jesus? We don't have to hope so. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to see if we have a relationship to Jesus. We can have that relationship right now, and we can know for a fact that we have that relationship with Christ because we have eternal life if we trusted on the name of the Son of God, if we have Jesus Christ in our life. And he says, this is God's record. This is the truth right here, that eternal life is in his Son. There's no other way to heaven but through him, so that if you have the Son, you have eternal life. So how can I know that I know him? Well, 
I've trusted in him. I put my life in him. But what about the closeness of fellowship here? Uh, you know, he's saying we can know him if we keep his commandments. It's through obedience. Uh, we can stand and say that, hey, I love God. Hey, I, I'm, I, I have fellowship with God. But if we disobey his commandments, if we go our own way and do our own things, and we're basically saying we love God, but we really don't love God. Obeying his commandments, not the Old Testament law, but the word of God. We're under grace today, God's unmerited favor. We, we don't obey his word because we have to. Grace gives us an opportunity to obey his commandments, his word, because we want to. And there's a world of difference there. So if we claim we have fellowship with him and we don't obey the word of God, we are a liar, as the word said. That's strong language. Either we love God by obeying him or we don't love God by disobeying him. John 14, 15 uh, of the gospel of John says, If you love me, keep my commandments. The words of Jesus, if you love me, then keep my commandments. Um, you know, this obedience here, according to verse number five, brings a perfect love or a maturing love. It says the love of God is perfected. Keeping his word by reading his word, by meditating upon his word, uh, applying his word. And since the word of God is the expressed will of God, then we follow that because our love is perfected. So in order to pass test number one, which is the obedience test, then we have to obey, uh, and that creates a more loving fellowship with God through Christ Jesus and maintains that closeness that we have with him because we are obeying him and allowing that obedience to perfect the love that's in us through the word of God. Now we go to test number two, which is the test of Jesus' example. Speaks about it in verse number six where he says, it's twofold. He said, first, abide in me, and secondly, walk as he has walked. Now, abide in him means that we are remaining close in fellowship, a oneness with Christ Jesus. We're spending a little time with him. We're getting to know him. We're getting close to him. We're allowing ourselves to understand what he wants out of us, and we're following what he wants. We're abiding in him every single day of our life. And then he goes on and says, we walk as he has walked. In other words, we are to follow the example of Jesus' footsteps. How do we do that? Numerous times in Scripture he tries to explain that. Let me go to one in 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 22, going through verse 24. The Bible reads this way, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. Okay, that we should follow in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was there guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. righteously. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Now break this apart as we look at, he says, Jesus is our example and this is what Jesus did. Step by step. Number one, it says he, verse 22, he did no sin. 
Now, we know we're going to sin. We covered a little bit of that last week. Uh, the best that we do, we're still going to fall into sin. But thank God we have an advocate, a defense attorney, Jesus Christ, who comes to our defense that we can rise above that sin through the forgiveness of sin by confessing our sins in Christ Jesus. So he's saying here that Christ did no sin. We are to follow his steps uh, footsteps in all that we do in all of life, we are to make every attempt possible not to sin. Secondly, he said in that same verse, he said, uh, neither was their guile found in his mouth. We do not speak wrongly. Uh, we don't need to say things that are wrong against people or against God's word or against God's will. We are to be like Christ because in his mouth there was no guile found. And then verse 23, uh, he says he reviled not again. In other words, he did not act hurtfully toward others. He didn't attack people. Uh, he did not go for those people that were different from him and attack them. He did not go against people who didn't believe in him and attack them. He loved them. He did not revile against them. He did not act hurtfully toward others. We should do the same thing. Then it says that he threatened not, which means he did not attempt to get even. We live in a society today that if you uh, if you come after me, most people say, I'm going to come back after you. Uh, if you're going to make me look bad, I'm going to make you look worse. If you're going to hurt me, I'm going to hurt you worse. It is a, it's a get even attitude. I mean, people who pull out in front of somebody, this is what kind of gets to me just a little bit, where somebody will pull out in front of a stop sign or somebody will pass somebody on the, on the, on a double yellow line and then jump right in front of them. And we get a little bit uh, upset in society today and we want to do the same thing back to them or do even worse than Jesus didn't do that. He didn't attempt to get even, and we shouldn't either, following his example. And then it says in verse 24 that he lived unto righteousness, which means he lived righteously, right in the side of, of what's right instead of what's wrong, and that's what we need to do. So if we follow his example, we ought to do all we can to not sin. We shouldn't speak wrongly against things or against people. We shouldn't act hurtfully toward others. We should not attempt to get even, and we should live righteously every day day of our life through the righteousness of God. So in order to keep this test number two, which is following Jesus's example, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Take your eyes off Jesus, you're going to wonder. I think the greatest illustration of that in scripture is where Jesus is walking on the water and Jesus and the other disciples are in the boat and Jesus and Peter looks over at Jesus and said, Jesus, if that's you, just bid me to come out there to you. And, and Jesus asked him to come on and Jesus and Peter stepped out on that water and took step after step on that water as he walked across the water toward Jesus. But then when he took his eyes off Jesus, what happened? He began to sink. When we are to follow Jesus' example, we can do it as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus. But when we take our eyes off Jesus, we're going to fail. We're going to sink. When we get all wrapped up in ourselves, we need to be wrapped up in Jesus and follow his example, his will. Test number one, obedience. Are we following his obedience of his will and the word? Uh, number two, his example. Are we following the example of Jesus with the righteous life that he lived? And then number three test is the test of love. That begins in verse number seven. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. And then he mentions in verse seven an old commandment. 
Of course, the old commandments come to the fact that uh, he says, have no other gods before us. And he goes through all the Ten Commandments and, uh, you know, about, and even the part in there about loving God. But then we get to the new commandment. He mentions in verse number eight, Jesus addressed this to the believers. Uh, and this is kind of a refresher course from Jesus. When they asked him the greatest commandment, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. And then he goes on and adds, And thy neighbor as thyself. Adding a new commandment about loving other people. To love God and then love other people like God loved people as well. He sacrificed himself for them. He did what he could to reach them. He came into this world and lowered himself off of the throne of heaven to come and take on the uh, appearance of flesh, the uh, fleshly body, that he could walk among us, that he could suffer the things that we suffer, that he could go through what we went through so that he could live a life here and eventually pay as the sinless lamb of God the debt of our sins on the cross of Calvary. Now we can't pay the debt of sin uh, for others. Christ has done that. But we can sacrifice ourselves to others. How can you do that? I like something I, I probably learned this 50 years ago in church. Now, I know you think I'm not that old, but I learned this about 50 years ago in church as a small child. The joy principle. J-O-Y. Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. That's a joy principle. That is the fact that we we go and love others above ourselves and to, to, to sacrifice ourselves for their needs. So if we claim that we walk in Jesus' light and we don't love other people as God loved them, then we're walking in darkness, which gives us an opportunity to stumble, an opportunity to fall. Ephesians 4 and 18 says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the love life of God through the ignorance of, that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, I know there he's talking to the lost people, unbelievers, about being in darkness of the darkness of the heart and how that darkness separates him from the light. We separate ourselves from the life in fellowship with Christ sometimes when we enter into darkness. Light comes through the word of God, reaching into the heart, being enlightened for the by the word. And, and then... If, if we hate others, we're reverting back to darkness. If we love others, we're walking in the light as he was in the light. So we need to abide in the light, not stumble, know where we're going and the direction we're going, which is toward the light of Jesus Christ. And the love of others allows us to share the light with others uh, as well. Second Thessalonians 2, uh, verses 10 and 11 said, Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For the call, for this cause, God sent them in a strong delusion that they might believe a lie. In other words, if they don't receive the light to be saved and they keep refusing it, then God sends them a strong light, a lie that they might believe it, that they will actually uh, turn the light off there. So we are to shine that light into people's lives as we go through the love uh, of others that God has placed in us. So to pass test number three, the love other uh, part of it, we got to love God and we got to love others like Jesus loved others and gave himself for them. This allows us to be able to stay in healthy fellowship with God. So I had 
three personal thoughts on this point today in my personal study. Number one was this. To know God is to love God. Number two, to love God is to obey God. And number three, to know God and to love God is to love others. That tells us where we're going right there. That biblical character of Christ's likeness or fellowship with Christ. So do others recognize your fellowship with God? Do you have a healthy fellowship? Uh, do you have that closeness with him? Can you pass the test? Can you pass test number one? That you have fellowship with the Lord because you obey his commandment? Are you doing his will? Are you obeying what he's asking you to do? If not, your fellowship's in jeopardy. It's not healthy as it should be. Number two test is if we have fellowship with the Lord, then we follow his example in Christ's likeness. If we're not following Christ's example and being like Christ was, which is what the word Christian even means, Christ-like, if we're not doing that, then your, your fellowship is not as healthy as it should be. And then test number three is if we have fellowship with the Lord, then we love others like he loved others which enables us to walk in the light and be a light to others so how's your christian fellowship how's your test today are you being obedient uh, are you following his example and are you loving other people good time to take a checkup study for your test see how you do on those three issues of life that God has given us that we might maintain our fellowship with Him. Thank you for tuning in today. It's been a wonderful day. Uh, we're looking forward to next Sunday. Uh, it's, it would be the first Sunday in July. It's a day we set aside as a church family uh, to come back into church not only for worship as we've been doing during June, but to also come back in church in Sunday school and our Wednesday night studies. Uh, we're going to divide off areas of the church where we'll have plenty of room for uh, the separation, the social distancing that we need. We're still going to take as many precautions as we can, uh, but we're going to get back into doing the will of God together as we have been as a church and probably that we do. And people ask me sometimes, a preacher, do you think this uh, coronavirus is going to cause a great revival in the land of people turning to God? I don't think so. You know why? Check your church attendance in the last two or three weeks where most churches have went back to church. See if it's increased. Most likely it's not. Uh, I'm not sure it'll cause a revival, but i tell you what it has done that's been a positive. It has allowed the church life of ministry to expand to a further distance than it was before. More churches like us that are small have been able to put our services out there on media sites. We weren't doing that before. It's reaching far more people. Hopefully we can keep that up while we're still getting back into our routine of worship. And just because of that, reaching out to other people, we may be able to be the light to bring someone to Christ or to influence somebody's life for the Lord Jesus Christ, to live a closer fellowship with Christ. God bless you. Hope to see you in church Sunday. But if not, may God bless you as you worship at home, all right? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day today. We ask you, Lord, to bless our church as well as other churches as they continue to get back into the routine of worship and ministry that you will bless and expand by the name of Jesus, we pray. We trust that God has blessed you with this message from His Word. Each week, these sermons are made available in video and audio formats. If you want to watch our weekly sermon and Sunday School videos, you can find them on our YouTube channel. Uh, just search in the search engine for Portland General Baptist Church, 
Subscribe to the channel and be sure to hit the notification bell so that you're notified when a new video is posted. For audio, you can subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and others. You can also find these audio recordings on our website, free to download. Just visit www.portlandgbc.org. That's www.portlandgbc.org. Until next time, stay safe and may God bless you.